This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. And a good Saturday morning to you on this September 9th, which happens to be the 109th anniversary of the only recorded shark fatality in Louisiana history. Happened in Lake Pontchartrain and uh, was witnessed by a huge crowd. I've researched the story, and I'm going to share the 1914 newsprint account and the death certificate of that victim. Also going to hear some fishing reports, as we always do from our field reporters, along with a special Guest, our State Treasurer John Schroeder, who is also a candidate for Louisiana Governor, will hear his plans that will affect you and the state's sportsmen. Another tip to Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries enforcement agents has led to yet another fishery case, this one dealing with fish trawling. It's our weekly Bad Boys of the Outdoor feature. We also have a red snapper season Update, it remains open. We'll tell you where Louisiana stands with regard to the harvest quota for this year. And speaking of seasons, well, here it comes next week. We've been waiting for it. The teal season, I call it the duck hunter's appetizer. Going to be opening up next Friday. Are you ready? Do you have your hunting licenses, your WMA permit, if that's where you'll be hunting? What about your state and federal duck stamps? We've got to remind you about some Teal hunting tips is going to be the first waterfowl season's opening up. I've also got an important message about the license renewal from Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries that might just give you a license, a short one, exemption. And all included in that lifetime license, all those things I talked about you needed, except that federal duck stamp. I picked mine up at the post office this week. A really pretty depiction of three tundra swans. Uh, if you hunt and live around the deep south, you're probably not familiar unless you travel having seen any swans except those domesticated ones in the parks. Uh, have you ever seen or hunted a swan? I have. I'll tell you that story, and I'd like to hear yours. Text it to us along with your fishing reports, your teal sightings, your questions, your comments to our in-studio text line. It's 504 260 And if you're headed out, like uh, the folks over there in Mobile Bay, I'm hearing from Chris Riley over in Fairhope. They're getting ready to do the uh, Hope on a Boat. We'll tell you more about that where they take some specially challenged kids out on fishing trips, and hopefully they'll have a great day on the water today. Hope you will, too. If you are headed out, here's what you're looking at. If you're going offshore, 8 to 15 knots, 1 to 2 foot seas. On the interior lakes and bays, north wind. How about that? A north wind in September, 6 to 12 knots. Pretty light. Uh, Could be a little bit of a moderate chop. 
great tide range. The average tide is 1.2 foot. It's rolling. Mississippi River is at 2.9. And although it's going to be hot, those extreme heat temperatures are kind of moved out the way. And we're supposed to have, at least briefly, a little bit of a break in the humidity. And, boy, we can sure use it. All right, so all that's uh, coming up on the next two hours. And uh, we want you to stay tuned with us. And also take advantage of that text number. We love to hear from our listeners. Tell us who you are, where you are, what your report is, what you got going on. That number again. And it should be in your phone, in your contact list, 504-260-1870. Coming up, it's going to be Robbie Campo. He's at Shell Beach. We're also going to be talking to the plastic man, Ryan Lambert. We're going to get to him a little bit early, kind of get a teal update, because that's where he will be one week from today for sure. And also some fishing information from Mike Gallo, Paddler's Report with Brendan Bayard. We'll check in with Daryl Carpenter and Grand Isle and others. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this three-minute pause, where you are listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, let's start off down in St. Bernard Parish. We'll talk to Robbie Campo. And, Robbie, uh, they tell me that we're supposed to have a little bit of a break in the humidity and a slight break in the temperature. What's the conditions down there at the beach? Well, actually, Don, we got a north wind blowing about, oh, probably 10, 12 miles an hour this morning. Um, I don't see any rain in, uh, on, on the radar, so I thought maybe it was, uh, you know, uh, we had a, a little squall maybe over Lake Barn, but I looked over the radar. I don't see anything on the radar, so maybe it's just north wind blowing, I guess. I don't know. It's, but it, it, it is uh, definitely a nice change from where we have, what we have been having down here. You know, when you wake up and you walk outside and you just start sweating. So it, uh, I welcome it, I promise you. Um, I tell you, Don, this week here has been a pretty busy week. You know, we had uh, – had quite a few people fishing this week and did fairly well. So not where we want to see fall fishing yet, because it's really not fall fishing yet, but it's it's almost here. It's coming. Um, it, it's just going to take, you know, it's just got to run its course. Uh, uh, we need a we need a cold front or two, but um, I don't see that. <laughs> so I, no. I wish it was. Uh, I wish it was tomorrow, but um, you know how these things are. But um, you can't rush Mother Nature, but we are starting to see some more speckled trout being caught, um, you know, down at the Long Rocks and Anastasia and up in the uh, into Lake Lake Elwha instead of up in Bay Elwha. So things are starting to things are starting to change. We're seeing some trout being caught in Lake Bond, where we hadn't seen that in quite a while um, over here by the Lutz Canal and the, on the eastern shoreline of Lake Bond. Um, but I think that north wind is going to kind of hamper that today i don't believe that's going to happen uh you know because i think it's got a little west to it if i'm you know from where i'm standing here it's got a little bit of west to it so that is probably going to knock out any any plans to go do the eastern shoreline of lake Bourne this morning um but nevertheless we had a we have a you know i hear all the redfish shortage stuff but i think we got you know uh we're going to have us a bumper cropper uh 
we got a bumper crop of juvenile redfish that moved in since Hurricane Idalia went into Florida. Uh, we did get a little bit of hot water out of that, which did kind of shake things up a little bit. And it's not for now. It's for the future. But nevertheless, it's still good to see um, in plenty numbers. I mean, people catching them, you know, up from the top of the Biloxi Marsh. And I know I said this last week, but all the way down to all the way down to the river down there, they're catching plenty of these, you know, 14, 15 inch redfish, which and they have plenty to eat. Don, there's plenty of shrimp throughout this whole marsh <clears throat> from uh, on the top of the Biloxi all the way down to the river. Uh, behind Delacro, there's a lot of there's a lot of shrimp to you know for these fish to eat. So um, they they they're going to stay pretty healthy. I'm pretty sure. So um, we're, if nothing happens with any kind of major freezes or anything, I think next uh, next summer we're going to have a we're going to have one heck of a redfish crop uh, and, and something we haven't seen. And Low River makes this Low River I think really contribute a lot to. Uh, helping us things out um, without having these high rivers like we had for the last 11 or 12 years. You know, in the second year, having a low river makes things makes things a little bit better, I think. For sure. Robbie, a couple things. Um, uh, congratulations. I, I saw where the uh, Wildlife and Fisheries Commission uh, took your advice and they extended the uh, the season where you can use the, the different size nets to help keep the live shrimp alive and be able to provide more live shrimp to fishermen. Absolutely, uh, yeah. We have a three-year sunset on the, on that um, on that deal here. Uh, you know, we we keep we're using the bigger nets during the season when it's closed. Um, and uh, you know, for the people that think that <clears throat> bait catchers want to go out there and wait the system, and you know, that's just simply not true. Uh, we want to catch our bait, come back in, get it unloaded, and because we got a other, bunch of other things to do during the day. If you ever been around a bait shop, you know. So. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. anybody that owns a bait shop could tell you it's you know it's not about going out there and just catch whatever you can. It's it's uh, <clears throat> it's a lot of work. So yeah, they're pretty uh, yeah, fragile. You got you got, you got to handle Absolutely. those uh, shrimp with kid gloves, and it's a twenty-four hour <laughs> business. Uh, a couple other things, Robbie. Somebody, uh, one of our listeners, wants to know what happened to the big schools of mullets that we used to see in Lake Bourne. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I would like to know the same thing. I don't see them either. Now, you know, uh, I got some friends of mine who are crab fishermen up in the big lake and told me that they've seen some pretty decent schools of them up there this year up in Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, yeah, so I got the same Hopefully reports, that's making yeah. a rebound. I think, um, I tell you, Don, I think a lot, of, I think, you know, and this is my personal opinion, but, you know, when there's not pogies to catch, I think these pogie boats catch mullets. Um, it's all man it, you know, it's all got oil in it. So I think sometimes they wrap those dudes up and take them with them. Um, there's no telling what goes on out there. Um, cause it's a, it's a fisheries that's unregulated and, uh, they claim they're regulated, but I think it's, you know, I, I don't think that, um, you know, the department does enough to, you know, and I think their hands are in handcuffs with this. I really do. Um, and not that I'm, I'm not knocking anything. I'm just, I just think that, our department is in handcuffs with the, with the state. Uh, so until things, until we get a different governor and things change, I, I don't see any, I don't see anything going to happen with these guys. So um, that's my personal opinion. I could be wrong. I'm just telling you what I think. 
Yeah, uh, I think so, it's a good one. I, any, I think they, I think well, they may be uh, shortstopping the mullet, you know, before they even get into Lake Bourne, you know. Absolutely. Bulls, so. uh, today and today we do have John Schroeder coming down here for from one thirty to four. So if anybody's got wants to do a meet and greet with him, and you got any questions you want to ask him, he will be here at Camp Lewis from one to four. So um, you know, come on down and 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 chat with the. Uh, chat with this with with John Schroeder. You know he's a candidate running for governor, so um, you know he'll be here for like I said from one thirty one one thirty to four, and they'll have food right here at Tiwi's. Tiwi's is open this morning, ready for you to come down. Catered by Tiwi's. So, All right, come on, <laughs> great, come on down. It's a great right. cater. Last question, Teal. Have anybody seen any in the Biloxi Marsh WMA? Is it worth coming down there? Um, n- more towards. Down uh, more towards down towards the river, uh, the Carnarvon area, than over in the Biloxi Marsh. Gotcha. Um, did see some in the Biloxi Marsh, but not not any amount. You know, now look, things could change this week. You know, so right. Um, right. But last week, as of last week, no, um, not many sightings. Just a few, but not not like we would like to see it. No. Yep. Well, the weather's going to be decent. Bring the fishing poles along with the shotguns, and uh, if the teal don't work out, uh, catch you some reds and trout. Robbie, thanks for the report. Remind me one more time, is it a left or a right when we cross the Wyklosky Bridge? Hook the left, buddy. Come on down and see us. <laughs> All right, hook the left and see him. And also check out John Schroeder, who's going to be with us a little bit later on the program too. Thanks, Robbie. Appreciate it as always. Catch up with you next week. Okay, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, Robbie Campo. He's at Campo's Marina in Shell Beach. All right, coming back after this, going to get to some of your text messages. Also tell you about the Red Snapper situation here in Louisiana and also uh, some changes to the uh, license system here in Louisiana, fishermen and hunters. Be aware. We'll tell you about it coming back after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, if you're a regular listener to this program, you know that we keep you updated as we get the information on the red snapper season. The way this works, uh, states are assigned a catch quota, a number of pounds, and when that is estimated to be reached, it's shut down. Well, in Louisiana, I'm happy to tell you we still got it going on. Uh, We have now reached about 80.5% of our 934,000-plus change quota harvest. Um, we're, it, it runs about two weeks' delay before the information comes in, so that's as of August 27th, but they do future projections. So when they project that that 934,587 pounds of red snapper has been caught, uh, the season will be ended until the new quota for next year. So uh, you still got lots of time to get out there and catch you some red snapper. Uh, Something else the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries put out, and probably a lot of people are not aware of this, but uh, since they've gone to the new license system, uh, it does not allow you online to renew your license until it actually expires, which means you got to be Johnny on the spot if you're going fishing or hunting on the day your license expires. So they've... They're working, they're working on it to make updates to the system that will allow you to buy your new license before it expires. But until that time, uh, they are aware of it. They have notified the enforcement agents, and there's going to be a 24-hour grace period from the expiration uh, with the understanding that you might be out in a hunting camp, in the field, out on the water where you don't have access to the Internet. 
and you will not be able to renew your license. So they're going to give you a 24-hour grace period to get it. Uh, One of the things you can do is to sign up for the auto-renew. And when you do that, it automatically renews your license. Now, this is in theory. The moment it expires, it will be renewed. They keep your credit card there on file, and it makes it very easy. Uh, They do want to remind you there's a $3.50 convenience fee with any online transaction that also applies to the auto renew. So you have to add three fifty to your license cost, whatever license you're buying. Uh, I say buy the lifetime and be done with it. <laughs> I bought a lifetime license uh, 23 years ago, and believe me, it has more than way more than paid for itself and uh, eliminates a lot of the aggravation. You can still go to some of the vendors. They've got licensed vendor stores where you can buy them. Uh, you can also get it on your smartphone or your computer. But just be aware. If your license, uh, if you're not able to renew it because you have to wait till the moment it expires, and if you're in a position where you can't do that online, they will give you a 24-hour grace period. Mighty nice of them. All right, uh, we also have a couple of calendar items to tell you about. You know, September is Suicide Awareness Month, and we have an upcoming Bayou Wild feature later this month uh, with Sam Barbara, who unfortunately at a, a young age committed suicide, as many veterans do result of PTSD, and, you know, there's a lot of efforts to create awareness about that. And there's a a touchdown at Timeless Touch Blood Drive going on. This will be next Saturday and Sunday, the 16th and 17th, and it's going to be from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. at 317 Columbia Street in Covington. It's sponsored by the Blood Center and Timeless Touch Medical Aesthetics, and everyone who makes a donation, a blood donation, will get a $250 gift card to any service at those locations. There's also, as part of Suicide Awareness Month, uh, there's a place called Saintly Skin. And any of the services they provide, they will be donating a portion of the proceeds to that cause. Uh, it's called the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. That's so- saintly skin you can check that out online all right we come back after this i'm going to get to your text messages keep them coming 504-260-187 name of who you are where you are what you're doing what's your report you're scouting teal you're catching fish we'd love to hear from you got a question or comment that's welcome to 504-260-1870 i'm don dubuque and you're listening to the outdoors with don dubuque radio network all right even though summer comes to a close uh, not a screeching halt by any means uh the fishing rodeos do continue and i've got information on the hba the home builders association of greater new orleans uh their real builders fishing tournament is set for saturday september 30th the last saturday of this month uh, this is a nice one. It's going to be held at Island Marina at Lake Catherine over there on the Chef. And they're giving $1,000 for the largest trout, uh, $3,000 for the largest stringer, which includes three legal trout and three legal redfish, and $1,000 for the largest redfish. Now, they do not allow any bull reds. It's got to be under the 27-inch. It's got to be a slot red. So there you go. $75 will get you entered. Also going to have lots of raffles and auctions and fun down there. That's Saturday, September 30th. Check in with Highland Marina at Lake Catherine, or uh, you can Google the Home Builders Association of Greater New Orleans and get you an entry form there and get signed up. All right, quick 10-second pause coming up. We're coming back with your text messages, 504-260-1870. Right after we pause to let our local stations identify themselves along the outdoors with Don Dubuque. 
Radio Network. All right, checking our text board. We've got this one coming in from our friend, The, the Worm. He says, uh, good morning today. I'm in Moab, Utah. I took your advice and brought my wife with me this time. Did I give that advice? I don't remember. Maybe I did. <laughs> they will be riding the KRX in the canyons today. Enjoy it. Oh, that's quite a trip, Worm. All right, we have this one. Uh, apparently, Don, there's a continuing controversy going on in Lafitte over fishing in posted waters. Uh, don't I remember a while back you said there was a trial on this matter and the federal judge ruled in favor of the fishermen and that all waters are affected by tides are open to be fished by the public. That's from Sherman in Covington. Sherman, I don't think, uh, I remember the case, and we're going to talk to Darrell Carpenter because he's been involved with the Louisiana Sportsman's Coalition, which has been the driving force behind legislation uh, to create that situation you're talking about. And it's not just in Lafitte. There's many places across the coast of Louisiana. Uh, I don't think that ruling is as broad as we would like it to be, setting precedent for all waters affected by tides open to fishing. But uh, we'll discuss that when Daryl joins us at, uh, probably in about 20 minutes. All right, we have this one from Jared on the West Bank. They're catching some bull sharks in the main canal at Myrtle Grove Marina. Be careful of those sharks. In fact, I got one heck of a, a bull shark, I think bull shark it was, story coming up a little bit later on. Uh, Wingbone, our friend in uh, Wilmer, Alabama, he says he got a little break in the heat in the Mobile Delta, and it looks good for the weekend. All right, uh, here's one from Doug. He fished yesterday in Gohagen Canal in Lake Catherine, was stunned by the amount of dead duckweed and the disappearance of emergent vegetation. Not good for teal. Uh, he says no bass anywhere. They did catch three reds, one too small, one slot, and one too big. Sounds like the Goldilocks story. <laughs> uh, duck ponds devoid of vegetation since the Florida storm. No ducks or rails. Very disappointing. Uh, sorry to hear that, uh, Doug. Things can change, though. And here's uh, one from the old snake doctor. The New Orleans Fly Fishers Club is having their annual Rio Grande Cichlid Rodeo on the 30th. Starts at 7.30. They weigh in at 12.30. Uh, at No Wake Outfitters. The details are at NewOrleansFlyFishers.com. In case you're not familiar with a cichlid, that is also called the Rio Grande Perch. It's an invasive species, and they do that in uh, in City Park. Is is loaded with them in New Orleans and many other areas. Uh, they're really good to eat. They're bigger than regular brim, but uh, they suggest you catch as many as you can and keep them. There's no limits on them because uh, they do compete with our native species. All right, here's one that says, uh, let's see, good morning, Don. Any excuse to get in the woods, right? I'm with you on that. Headed to Pearl River WMA to shoot some nutria and do a little scouting for archery. Please let all your listeners know there are no deer in Pearl River. That's from Bo, okay? You're officially on notice, everyone. There's no deer in Pearl River. Uh, here's Dr. Dan wants to ask uh, Mr. Schroeder what he plans to do about the Menhaden fishing regulations. Well, hopefully it will be more than what our present governor done, who went on record saying if the legislature passed any more restrictive regulations on the Menhaden industry and on those boats, he would veto it. And if you were following our coverage of the legislation with David Cresson from CCA throughout our legislative period, you know that. And he made no bones about it, so perhaps Mr. Schroeder could be the answer to solving that. Uh, Captain Ross L., Cajun Fishing Adventures, he said the redfish were all around, caught some hybrid white bass. 
Um, I think that's also called a hybrid striper. It's when a white bass and a striper cross. It's a, a hybrid striper. Good fish to catch, real fighters. Uh, here's one says, I was offshore a while back, unable to renew my license before I left on a two-day trip. We were checked on the way in, and my license was expired. Wildlife and fishery agent did let me go. They were very understanding, and I have to thank them for that. You know, over the years, uh, wildlife and fisheries agents have been given more latitude. And when they see something that is not intentional in circumstances like that, uh, they do exhibit some leniency, and I'm glad to hear that. Here's our friend Lafitte LT. Uh, he had two wonderful days offshore. He and an old friend caught a scamp group that almost made a state record. Yeah, I saw that picture, LT. He said, sharks are horrible. Can't enjoy fishing because you need to reel in quick before you end up with only a head. Thanks for all you do keeping us informed. Yeah, I'm well aware of that shark situation. All right, here's a report. It says the big schools of Jackson, the redfish, are making a move along the beach in Mississippi. Uh, flounder bite was off last weekend, maybe due to the full moon. Hope they'll pick up. That's from my kayaking friend, the Weave, Chris Weaver. Thanks, Chris, for that update. All right, we come back after this. We have an early edition of the Plastic Man Report. One Captain Ryan Lambert. He got up a little early to talk with us about teal season coming up next week and the fishing down near the mouth of the river. Back with Captain Ryan right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network and we call him the plastic man because he doesn't necessarily like to put shrimp on his fingers and put them on the hook so he fishes with plastic but he'll be trading it in for some non-toxic shot about this time next week because teal season's getting ready to open and ryan i wanted to go over some of the reminders about getting ready for teal season you know this is kind of the appetizer on the menu people's guns and surface drive and their pop-up lines and their boats and their decoys have all been put away for months and it's time to get that stuff out and get it all ready. You guys do it as a routine because you do it every year and it's a business. But a lot of people need to, to get out if they haven't done it and, you know, check out the batteries and the, you know, for the end to make sure they got you know, juice to start the engine, fresh gas, you know, so that it'll start and run. Uh, the guns need to be cleaned up and, uh, you know, make sure the action's working on them. Make sure your plug is in it if you took the plug out for any reason i can't tell you how many people do that and then they forget to put it back in and it's got to be capable of only holding three shells uh make sure they're you know take care of the dog and watch for alligators uh you need sunscreen because it's almost a summertime hunt and make sure you got that (laughs) non-toxic shot a lot of things you got to remember plus you need all your licenses your basic uh, license you need the duck stamp uh, the uh, WMA permit if you're going to be hunting on the WMA, and you also need the, the federal and state stamps. In fact, I picked up my stamp. I don't know if you got yours yet. It's tundra swans. And I wanted to ask you yes. if you've had any experience hunting or seen any swans, wild swans. Uh, I've seen them. Well, I've seen them in Canada. I've seen them uh, a few different places, but, you know, never shot one. They're just not on my it's not on my list of wanting things to do. They're kind of a majestic bird. I mean, they're huge when they come over you, too. They, they vocal. But uh, I I don't know. I just never thought about shooting one. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. It's, it's kind of like the bear thing. You know, if somebody wants to do that, fine. But I, I, I don't right. know. It's just something I like. Same I, thing here. I yeah. just never hit on me to kill a bear either. I, you know, I've been invited a bunch of times, but it's just not something that, that piques my, my interest. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I was up in South Dakota hunting, and a guy shot one. He, he thought it was – it's legal up there, but he thought it was a goose. 
And I got to tell you, when he held that thing up, it was one of those big uh, giant trumpeter swans. And I'm telling you, it was oh, it was huge. five and a half feet long. It was incredible yeah. how long the neck is on that thing. It's big as a sandhill crane. I mean, it's, I mean, they're just big, big giant birds. But you know, one thing that you did mention is the dogs. You know, you have to get your dog working every day right now. I mean, she, they got to be in some kind of shape, you know. Right. This year is not going to be as bad because we don't have the aquatic vegetation in the, in there. But usually teal season, they hardly can get through it. There's so much. And, you know, the uh, other thing, really too, uh, your dogs are very well-trained and well-behaved and controllable. But if you've got a dog that is the least bit uncontrollable um, Ooh, with dangerous. gators out there, that's dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't. If a teal sails or goes further than I can shoot, I'm not. I don't want to send my dog, and I won't let her go. You know, I just, you know, I keep them close. I keep them real close, and I keep an eye out because gators can slip right into your decoys, and I've had them do it. You know, they'll slip right in there. So, I've got gator tags. If they do that, they're deep trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to worry about it during the regular season because they stop feeding once the water temperature drops. But during teal well, season. They can definitely be a hazard. Yeah, we saw, we'll still see them then too. But uh, you know, the teal that we had a little northwest wind this uh, yesterday come through. So you know, teal are coming, and uh, if uh, I think it's going to be seventy-one degrees on opening morning, that's mm. that's going to feel like heaven. Yeah. It's going to be so <laughs> fun. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait. But uh, the fishing's good right now too, buddy. I mean, uh, the boys really had a good time yesterday. Brought back. Trout reds, they caught bull reds, they uh, black drum sheep as they had everything. I mean, good grief, they really bit good yesterday and, and the day before, for that matter. So uh, everything's good. You know, rivers at around three five, still got a little taint in it from when it came up to about four foot. It still got a little dirty in it, but it's uh, it's shaping up to be quite the fall. Have they uh, solved that problem with water access down there? What access or water I'm talking water. about from drinking water, yeah, because the river no, got salty. No, no, the water pressure is low and it's it's it's, a good, it's it's funky. Yeah, a lot of people coming down to those hotels. I don't know how the hotels going to keep a uh, you know enough water pressure. Everybody take a shower. You know, it's it's pretty low. So we'll see. <laughs> you know, when you got 500 people converge on a place to go duck hunting. It'd be a different, different ball game next week. Yes, indeed. Well, if if uh, somebody wants to come teal hunting, it's open from Friday all the way until uh, what the last day of the month, I guess, huh? Yeah, Friday? yeah, that is, yeah, that that's end of the month. That'd be unbelievable. My goodness, but because uh, it's been closing, and then next day we get a cold front, just birds come pouring in. So hopefully we'll get a couple of cold fronts. But I got plenty of space left. I'm not booked up for teal season like I am for big duck season. Yeah, uh, and we've got a full moon on the, that Friday before the end of the season, too, so that oh, could be a last-minute push to bring uh, some more in. They'll be pouring down that and the pintails, too. It's going to be a pretty pretty thing to watch. I can't wait. Oh, I can yeah, taste them now. Boy, don't you love those little teal? That's, that's oh, the best taste Lord. of all the... <laughs> Yeah, cook, cook, they cook down real slow with rice. Oh, my God, I can't wait. That's what we do the first day. Y'all do magic down there with them. Well, somebody wants to get you, tell them how to get a hold of you and book a trip down there. Yeah, they can call me direct at uh, 504-559-5111 or just go to CajunFishingAdventures.com and email me.
All right, sounds good. Captain Ryan, thank you for the report, and uh, good luck next week. We'll talk to you then. Nice. Sounds great, buddy. All right, Captain Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures. All right, coming back after this, we're going to check in with Darrell Carpenter, get your Grand Isle report, and also talk about that case. Uh, Rodney Wagley was the guy involved and what the outcome was and what that will mean in terms of uh, laws regarding access to uh, waterways in coastal Louisiana. Back with that and a whole lot more. Got a shark story to share with you next hour. And also uh, gubernatorial candidate uh, John Schroeder is going to join us, too. We'll be back to do all of that right after this. On the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And we check in with Captain Darrell Carpenter. He gives us a Grand Isle Air report. Good morning, Darrell. And before we get your fishing report, I had a listener wanted to know about the more details on that Rod Wagley case that was uh, ruled on and what impact that might have on public access to uh, what a lot of people argue are private waters. And you've been involved with Louisiana Sportsman's Coalition, who is a, a leader in the effort to, to get that established. Where do we stand in that, and what impact, if any, will that ruling have? Well, Don, it might need a longer spot than what we got this morning. But yeah, basically, Rodney, Wag- Rodney Wagley was, was proven, or, or, you know, the Supreme, the state Supreme Court, or the First Circuit through the, uh, and the Supreme Court threw the charges out on Rodney Wagley, simply saying that... Uh, the elements of trespassing were not met. Um, Rodney admitted to where he was. The uh, the Crawfords or whoever claimed that they owned it. The only the only thing the only element that could not be met, as I read it, was that they owned it. So that was um, I, I think it's going to be a really good thing for us. The problem is, the the judges are elected officials too, and they wimped out. They wrote what's called a summary opinion, simply saying that the elements of trespass were not met. So nobody knows exactly what that means. We probably need a couple of more to go to court and find a judge with some kahunas that will actually write an opinion on it. Um, both the Supreme and the and the District Court, the Appeals Court, both, you know, webbed out on writing any detailed opinions. So uh, it, it's kind of in limbo right now. But I think it sets a precedent as to what's going on if you get a fair judge instead of one of these local, you know, parish judges that's got election donors to satisfy but yeah, uh that, you know go ahead i was going to say that ruling is specifically applies to wagley's case but it could be extended to a broader uh application if people use that in similar instances but by no means is it totally settled that all waters controlled by tide or affected by tide is open for public access at this point. That, that's for sure. No, but look, the reason the reason Wildlife and Fisheries doesn't get into it is Wildlife and Fisheries' code is the only one that defines public water versus private water. And Title 56, of, which is the game laws, specifically says that private water is that which is fenced in to where no fish, shrimp, or crab can swim in and out of it. So, you know, which is basically talking a window screen. Uh, and, and none of that exists. So that's the reason wildlife and fisheries doesn't enforce it. Exactly. All right. Well, we discussed that. Give us a quick update on what's happening around the island right now, fishing-wise. <clears throat> well, we got a light north wind this morning. Uh, the tide's topping out about right now, so it'll be a falling tide all day unless you run north to chase the incoming tide. Uh, definitely in transition mode. I was off most of the week this week, but everybody that did fish, they're averaging 20. Well, upper 20s, so 30 to 40 fish. And mixed in with those 30 to 40 fish are everything from throwbacks to two-pounders. So they're definitely starting to move north on us. You just got to uh, you got to find them. And we're going to wait, and 
wait for daylight to peek over the horizon to be able to see whether or not where we ran's got clean water. And if not, then we're going to run around and look for clean water, and we should be able to find some fish today. Yep, the uh, skies look pretty clear. How's the winds? Uh, we got north, maybe a little bit of northeast to it. It's five gusting to ten every now and then. But I mean, I'm I'm idling across the bay right now, and it's not bad. I see where high tide. Like you mentioned, is right about now, 6 a.m., so it's going to be falling all day. Uh, you prefer falling or, or incoming tide? Uh, redfish, I prefer a falling tide. Trout, a lot of times I prefer an incoming tide, but the way that all those shrimp are still up in that marsh, a falling tide's not going to hurt me today because anything coming out of a pond or anything like that should have shrimp and a lot of bait in it. Got it. All right, Daryl, people can locate you on my website. Give them your website for Real Screamers and also your phone number. It's realscreamers.com, or just pick up the phone, 225-937-6288. And that reel is R-E-E-L, as in fishing reel. Darrell, thanks for the uh, update. <laughs> Go ahead. I said, we've got them both, so if they, if they can't spell it right, that's fine. <laughs> you got it covered. I thought you would. All right, thanks as always. We appreciate it. Y'all have a great day on the water, and thanks for that explanation on the, uh, on the ruling on Wagley case. We appreciate it. Have a wonderful day, Don. All righty. Daryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. Either way you spell it, R-E-A-L or R-E-E-L. All right, we come back after the top of the hour break. I'm going to tell you about the only officially recorded shark fatality ever happened in Louisiana waters. That's not to say that there were some that went unrecorded and bodies were never found and before records were being kept. But there is one that occurred, and it happened in front of a huge crowd of witnesses. And I'm going to share with you the 1914 newspaper account, which, you know, there's a lot of sensationalism in the news. There's a lot of news outlets, and they need to attract people to find it these days. But back then, they had no video. Audio was just starting, and they had to write the story to make it come to life. I'll share that exact story quote with you. When we come back. Also, we got more fishing reports from uh, Born on the Bayou Mike Gallo and Brendan Bayard with a paddles report and special guest, gubernatorial candidate John Schroeder joins us here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 